0: Spreading the news I'm leaving today.
1: Hello everybody, it is Thursday, October 11th Why do I struggle with dates so much? Every single time You like, always seriously. ask me
0: right before And then you always get it wrong
1: Every single time I don't think there's been a single I don't think actually in our history of working together There's been a time where I actually knew the date off the top of my head
0: Yeah, no, I think you're right
1: No, yeah New York, New York
0: Yeah, my condolences to the Yankees. Rip. Yankees fans
1: obviously handled this in the classiest of ways, too.
0: Oh, yeah, like throwing beer on people and that whole situation.
1: They are just... (sighs) Yankees fans say they're the greatest fans in the world, but they might be actually just the trashiest fans in the MLB.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that that's probably fair to say. I think that that is... Something that has kind of been a part of the Yankees' culture for a while, though. Like, I don't think this is new.
1: You don't, like, that their fans are trashy? or That That
0: their fans are just very, very intense.
1: Right. So, yeah. Fans aside, though. Yeah. What did you think of the series?
0: Um, It was great. As a Red Sox fan, I was very scared for a lot Mm -hmm. of the time. (laughs)
1: Really? They have scored them 20 to four in like the last three games. But you were scared.
0: No, no, no. But here's the thing. If you give that team even an opening. Sure. I'm always thinking like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. And I felt like they that the Yankees had the potential to be better than the Red Sox in that series. Just their talent top to bottom. They're such a talented team. Mm. So I was nervous thinking at any point this could shift completely. Our, Our pitching is not great right now. Right. And once we talk more about the ALCS, I'll get more into that. But that, for me, was a big issue.
1: See, I was on the opposite end. Every time the Yankees got up to bat, I was like, this is either a home run or a strikeout. But yeah. basically, I was sitting there going, this is a strikeout. Yeah. I had no faith that Judge was going to hit a home run. He I mean, did, he, though. I know he did. but like Off of
0: Craig Kimbrell, too.
1: I know. But each time he stepped up to the bat, I just didn't feel like any sort of confidence. I didn't feel any sort of... In general I didn't feel any sort of fire from the Yankees in this series like it almost felt like like there was a lot of hype around it Aaron Judge walking into Fenway blasting New York New York yeah like awesome
0: is interesting to me because as a Red Sox fan we were just talking about this as a Red Sox fan I was like okay this is gonna be good because it just brings back the rivalry but I feel like he did it in a way that made me happy it wasn't like super cringy and bashing players online it wasn't anything like that like that is a very subtle move that mm-hmm. says like we're here to play yeah I mean I think it was cool I liked
1: it to lose after doing that though just sucks I mean, yeah, I mean you're not that gonna that sucks recover from so that. much I mean I just it was one of those things where I I watched this series and you know I came into this series with probably unreasonably high expectations because Red Sox, I think Yankees. most people
0: did, though. Because right. Because they're two of the best teams in baseball coming into a series that was going to be incredible in the postseason. You know, this is one of the best case scenarios.
1: Yeah. I think even if they weren't two of the better teams or two of the more talented teams top to bottom, just ros- speaking of rosters, I think it's just the fact that this rivalry is so legendary yeah. that I got more excited for this series than – Probably any other series in this postseason.
0: Well, yeah, because when you think rivalry in any sport, I feel right. like when somebody says rivalry, for me, it automatically clicks Yankees Red Sox. Right. And so I feel like people just hyped it up, probably like you said, unrealistically.
1: And I don't think like with that hype, I don't think the games really f- followed suit. I mean, I don't until think... the last one though. Really? Did you think like it was
0: those last few innings were? I don't know. For me, the last few innings were. So intense that I felt like that almost if the Yankees had won that game, we'd be having a different conversation, though.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, that's saying the Yankees had a chance to hit a home run. To they were win. so close. I mean, they could have won that game. The only if,
0: reason they didn't win is because they were overeager. Craig Kimbrell was not at his usual standard at that point.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I mean, game one of that series was interesting to me. Sure. That was a really close game. That was five to four. Yeah. Game two was six and that was, to two. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. I feel
0: like game one was when everyone sort of thought, okay, this is going to be really good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: At least that's where my mindset was. Right. And as a fan, I was like, oh shit, this might be. This is going to be really cool for baseball. This might be really bad for my team.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it was a good game. Uh, Red Sox won that game five to four. They lost the next game six to two to the Yankees. Yep. Then we had. In the jungle, as Aaron Judge put it, we <laughs> yeah. had a sixteen to one loss.
0: Yeah, that one or was win fun <laughs> for the Red Sox. Yeah, Yeah, that wasn't fun. I am sure game. you were
1: a big fan of that game. <laughs> yeah, but was
0: not upset with how that turned out. Like also, that was Brock Holt's uh, cycle, right? I yes. think it was that game. He the first cycle in postseason baseball history mm-hmm. by Brock Holt, and then he got benched the next game.
1: Right, I mean, but the next game, four to three, honestly did not feel like a four to three game outside of that last inning. Yeah. I don't really think that that felt like a close game at all. It looked like the Yankees were just sort of there. They were showing up. I mean, John Carlo didn't really do anything that I was impressed with. Judge Fair. was there, you yeah. know. Sanchez was okay. He's there too. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't ever really even
0: it's just Score
1: that, aside, I didn't ever feel like it was a close game.
0: It's just that the best players all at once had kind of an internal meltdown. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, when you have, like you were saying, uh, Judge, Stanton, and Sanchez all at once are not having a good game, your team isn't going to recover. Right. I feel like Yankees fans were betting on at least one of them to do something to bring some life to that team. And it just didn't happen.
1: Right. Well, I mean, you, you need – if you're going to have – and I thought this – statistic was interesting uh ESPN put out the top 10 home run hitting teams of all time in the MLB uh-huh. none of them have ever won the World Series
0: really? which is an
1: huh. oddly specific statistic and I, I know that and no, it doesn't really mean a whole no. lot but yeah it, it was it, one no, of those things it does
0: mean a whole lot because it says a lot about the game and how it has changed yeah and it, that's interesting that you say that because now I feel like as a baseball as baseball fans we hype up home run hitters a lot more Mm -hmm. you know people like Bryce Harper people like Aaron Judge people like those guys that are power hitters right and yet the fact that none of those teams have won the World Series says a lot about the game itself
1: I think I think it for me it said more about how streaky Mm -hmm. power hitters like that can be because you can be hot you can be crushing home runs for five straight games or who was it Daniel Murphy that did that he yeah. hit a home run in, like, yeah. five straight games, and then it stopped, and it felt like the spark was gone. Yeah. You know, and it is it is one of those things where if you get streaky hitters like that, who Judge is a very streaky hitter, where he's either hitting yeah. a home run or he's striking out. Yeah. No in between. There's
0: no in between with him.
1: And And so it just shows you that when those bats go cold and you don't have, you know, what I would consider contact hitters. Yeah. Or people who just put the ball in play and get on base. It can really screw your team.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree.
1: With that being said, the ALCS. Yeah. Who do you have?
0: Um, this is a series that I have no idea what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm really excited for it because if you look at if you compare these teams, they are in my mind very evenly matched because the Astros right now have superior starting pitching. Uh, if you just look at Game One, Verlander versus Sale. I am so excited to see how that goes.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a real... <laughs> I mean, that's a, That's an awesome pitching matchup. Yeah. I mean, I'm really... You know I'm a Detroit sports fan. Yeah, for sure. So seeing Justin Verlander leave the Tigers sucked. For sure. I mean, that that was terrible. Really happy for him that he's doing well in Houston.
0: Doing well.
1: I mean, yeah. The dude's like, living the life. it. Let's talk about how Justin Verlander's just living the life for a he minute. He
0: is living the life that every 12-year-old boy says they're going to have.
1: Right. I'm going to marry... Kate Upton. Yeah.
0: I'm going to marry the hottest girl in the world and I'm going to be the best, one of the best athletes on the planet. So we're you're That's saying right life. now
1: in your book, Kate Upton's the hottest girl in the world.
0: I mean, I don't feel like I'm fully prepared to answer that question, <laughs> but I think that one could make the argument.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm just curious, you know? Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's one of those things where he is—he's living the life that every single twelve-year-old boy with a Lamborghini poster up on his wall oh, says that he's gonna live. Yeah. I'm gonna be a professional athlete and date a supermodel and make millions and millions of dollars and win a championship. Like, yeah. that is Justin Verlander's life, and low-key hate him for it. <laughs> <laughs> Truth yeah. be told, but I get um, it. but yeah, um,
0: but yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what I was saying, <laughs> uh, Chris Sale. I think is an incredible pitcher. I've said this before. One of my favorite pitchers, probably my favorite pitcher in the game right now, but he was just on the DL sort of trying to see how this is going to go. You know, is he going to come back from this? What's the situation there? Um, I'm really interested by that. I think that Verlander has been so hot lately and his last start against the Indians was so good that I'm probably going to stick with him for this one. Really? And yeah, I would because I'm going to stick with, I'm going to stick with a team or a player when they're this good right now, when they're this hot, until it just goes cold. Right. And, um, so, yeah, I like – You're going to um, stick with the
1: hot hand. Yeah. Easy, yeah.
0: And I like the Astros pitching better. I feel like their bullpen is probably in a better situation than the Red Sox are right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Kimbrell kind of has been having a little bit of a meltdown lately. He didn't look that good. No, he really didn't. He did not. And that was... he is one of potentially one of the best closers of all time, statistically.
1: Statistically. Statistically. All right. I don't, how many I don't times ha- do we
0: say that word just out of curiosity uh you can try <laughs> yeah.
1: you can say it as many times in a row as you want but we might cut it out <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah just edit all of this out right but yeah so he's one of the best closers in the game right now potentially all time statistically and he allowed a home run to Aaron Judge and he almost blew a three-run lead mm-hmm. that's scary because where's the rest of their bullpen at I don't know I don't think they're they're Basically, the relief pitchers just look beatable, right? And that's concerning because no, the I agree. Astros don't.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I sort of thought coming into this postseason, the Astros look like the best team in the MLB. Like I thought, I thought they, I thought they were the team to beat. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I don't know. Like the Red Sox were playing phenomenally. Yeah. But like we're talking about that pitching depth, when you start looking at it. And then when you start seeing, you know, maybe how those closers are playing, I, I just didn't know that I had a lot of faith in the Red Sox to go deep.
0: Sure. I think that's fair to say.
1: Yeah. And so but then
0: what's interesting is you look at the, the lineup, right? So if you look at the Red Sox lineup offensively, I think they're a better team. Mm-hmm. Carlos Correa has had, um, I think I read he's had the worst offensive averages that he's ever had this year because he has had back issues. He's been on the DL and I don't i think that he was a pretty key player for a while and then you have like we're just talking about streaky hitters like um alex bregman has hit five postseason home runs right two against chris sale you can go down the list they're five of the best pitchers in baseball and Mm -hmm. that's very streaky and that's concerning for the astros as well right and then you have on the red sox side mookie Betts, jd martinez and some of the best hitters right now
1: right so who who do you think open and shut case who do you think wins this series
0: oh god I'm gonna get it wrong I my heart says Boston my brain says Astros
1: but who are you going with Astros okay yeah I'm also going with the Astros on this one I I don't know it's one of those things I but I think believe it'll it when I see it games yeah I think it could be a long series and a very good one yeah but you know it's one of those things I'll believe the Astros are out of this when I see it yeah um So, moving on from that, the NLCS, which is maybe not the matchup that I thought we were going to see. Not at
0: all the matchup (laughs) I thought we were going to see. I mean, I
1: wouldn't have said at the beginning of the year, yeah, it'll be the Brewers and the Dodgers. I might have said, sure, the Dodgers could be in it.
0: Yeah, after coming back from a loss in the World Series last year, they're probably hungry to get back on that stage again. That made sense to me. Well, and they had all the talent to do
1: it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And adding Machado, getting those players, Mm -hmm. it makes sense that they're back here. Right the Brewers are such an underdog they're so surprising and I love them for it
1: yeah I it's I don't really know what to think of the Brewers like I don't I we I think we spend so much time looking at teams like the Cubs and the Dodgers and the Astros and Red Sox and Yankees that like they've just sort of flown under the radar yeah for sure because quite frankly like whenever they were playing I would I didn't know they just were sort of on and I was like oh crap like they're on right now. There's a game going on. Yeah. It, it just wasn't something I felt like got a lot of attention. And obviously, they're a good team.
0: Yeah. And then you look and you're like, oh, the Brewers won again. Right. Oh, the Brewers won again? Right. Oh, like it's it's one of those it, things where it surprises you every time. And it shouldn't be surprising
1: exactly. at this point. Oh, they advanced? Oh, my God. Yeah. They're in the NLCS. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, they are deep into the playoffs. They're one of the last four teams. Yeah to be alive this season
0: and have had a very impressive run
1: and we have no clue how they got here
0: It's it's so. (laughs) i mean really
1: and truly that's we just they sort of flew under the radar and slid in but
0: but i think they're a talented team mm -hmm. and i think that they have a lot of grit and i think they have a lot of heart and
1: yes (laughs) my favorite statistic
0: (laughs) you know what that's fine but i also think that this is a series that could go pretty deep and i think that if we're just looking at a team's personality and if we're putting the statistics aside for a second, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that this goes very deep, like potentially seven games.
1: So you think both these series, you don't think this is going to be a runaway?
0: I don't. I'd be very surprised if it was.
1: Interesting. I'm, I'm sort of on the opposite end. I think this is going to be the end of their sort of fantastic run. All I right. think the Dodgers are just way more talented, you know, all around. No, that's They're fair. deeper. Completely. They have... Better bats, they got better pitching. I think this could be a sweep. Okay. I hate to put a sweep out there like that, but I just th- I just don't believe that the Brewers are going to come out and fight in this or stand a chance in this series. They'll fight.
0: I think the Dodgers but... will win eventually. So yeah. let me put that out there. I think the Dodgers will win. I just think it'll be a pretty good run for the Brewers, and I'm really excited to see it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's gonna be. It might be a quick series, but you never know. Maybe yeah. the Dodgers could shock the world and <laughs> break a lot of L.A. fans' <laughs> hearts. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: I mean, they do it every year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Is Yasiel Puig going to show up in this series?
0: God, I hope so. Before we cut he's the break. fun. Like, his interviews, his personality as a baseball player is so much fun.
1: So you're pro Yasiel Puig.
0: I'm pro fun baseball players bringing life back to the sport. No, so, I yeah. agree.
1: I think... I mean, he's kind of a dick, but it's all, almost like... Well,
0: sure. It's al- but-, but
1: it's almost like we were talking about this before we recorded, Conor McGregor. Yeah. It's like he's kind of a dick, but whether you like <laughs> him or not, of. he puts okay. people in the stands. Yeah. And you kind of love him for it.
0: I mean, you kind of love him for it. I do not kind of love him for it.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one. I That's think fine. We can talk about that after we come back from yeah. break. Um, but for now, coming up, we have some NBA talk, NCAA football the nhl and participation trophies we're (laughs) gonna get to that that you know how i am with hockey that shit drove me nuts i cannot (laughs) believe it but we'll hop into it
0: competitive sport one of the most competitive sports and participate okay we'll get into it we'll get into it after break
1: um thank you so much again for joining us this is the EZ sports podcast
0: lady doesn't leave her escort it isn't
1: fair welcome back again thank you so much for joining us uh right now we have two of emma's close friends um, who are joining us in the studio and they just decided while we were on break to talk about how high maintenance you are
0: yeah but here's the thing i'm not okay <laughs> i'm
1: don't divert <laughs> Don't divert I'm Allie <laughs> is making gestures at you right now Like you are about to spew bullshit
0: No, here's the thing In relationships, not high maintenance uh-huh. With like You know that's true, don't even look at me like that But like, I am I really try Very hard not to be And so then when I am, and I know I am I feel really bad about it I would like to go back to a text message sent, oh, Like God. maybe 45 minutes ago Wait, Here, here, Allie. hop on this Hop on this Allie, I'm hungry. Picture that in the whiniest voice of all time. <laughs> okay. I'm not high maintenance in relationships, this is though. out of context. <laughs> well, we're not in a relationship. <laughs> this is a great sports
1: show that we're doing, but this is important to cover, so you're high maintenance. <laughs>
0: no, I'm not. It's okay. I'm a little high maintenance. You know, what, I'll admit that I'm, I'm medium maintenance. Is that a thing?
1: Medium maintenance. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means, but- Because I'm not- So you require a little bit of work, but not like an unreasonable amount? <laughs> What it, can everyone in the room agree to that okay everyone in the room agrees to it so right. that's what it is hopping back in <laughs> back into actual sports because that is why you probably tune into the show <laughs> no <laughs> um, they just
0: sat here to, they just joined in to listen to you roast me
1: <laughs> i i remember you roasting me more often than i roast you but it's but it, fun. Uh, no i don't want to hear it <laughs> Um, you
0: roast me like when we have conversations, though.
1: Fair, um, NBA. Speaking of people <laughs> just getting roasted.
0: Oh, that was a great segue.
1: Perfect transition. Yeah, that I know, was good. professional. I. It's just was that
0: scripted? <laughs>
1: um, no, it wasn't scripted. Believe it or not, just natural, whatever you want to call it. This is what um, happens
0: when you are professionals.
1: <laughs> Jimmy Butler. Yeah. And the Timberwolves. This happened yesterday, and this is... The
0: weirdest story in sports.
1: I just... The NBA is just such a better brand than the NFL. It is so much more fun. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, it's just... For those of you who don't know what happened, I'll give a brief summary here. Yeah. Jimmy Butler showed up at Timberwolves practice yesterday and decided to just berate all of his teammates and coaches... And the GM like just went after him and, and specifically he is that he went out after guys ESPN reported that he went after guys like cat and Andrew Wiggins coach Thibodeau and then Leiden. Is that their GM's last name? I don't know if I have that right. Maybe. Um. So don't quote me on that, but he went after all of them mm-hmm. challenges his team to a game, a pickup game, basically pulls, The bottom four guys off the Timberwolves bench.
0: Which, how would you like to be one of those bottom four guys?
1: Like, can you imagine
0: how horrible you would feel? Jimmy
1: Butler, like, kicks in the door and is like, you're on my team. Yeah. You're going to be the point guard now. Get up. (laughs) Get up, rookie. He just
0: smacks the shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah, he just just picks
1: you up, hits you, and is like, you're on my team. Get ready. You better pass me the ball when I call for it. But he picks the bottom four guys off the bench. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, From the story that ESPN put out and then plays the starters and they won. Oh, man. I mean, he just apparently the story, the reports that I saw, he was just dominating the gym. He's running up and down the floor talking shit and like screaming at cat. And he was like, like posting up cat. I saw one report that he was posting up Carl Anthony Towns. There's no reason what? if you're Jimmy Butler, you should be posting no. up Cat.
0: That makes no sense.
1: But he was doing it in a way where he, apparently he's just dominating Cat physically and, like, That's making insane. him run out on the point and dunking on him. It just crazy stuff all around. So beats the starters, then shouts at the GM, like, uh, you – what was it? The exact quote was, you fucking need me. You can't win without me. That is just. Ouch. <laughs> I mean, that is just a powerful, powerful sentence to be shouting yeah. in front of all of your teammates and your GM, your coaches, everyone. And then this gets out to the media. And I don't know how they facilitated this, but like three hours, I want to say after this broke, after news about this incident broke. Somehow, Rachel Nichols had an interview with him. Yeah. And was it, sitting down in she person. Was,
0: yeah. Because it said um, she started off with a text and he confirmed it in a text message. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're just having a sit down. But
1: she was just, just so happened to be in the vicinity I of mean, that practice.
0: That's that's weird to me.
1: That is fast yeah i mean i don't know how props
0: to her that's incredible reporting
1: look yeah props to her i just want to know the logistics behind that yeah like i don't understand i cannot wrap my mind around the logistics behind her getting to him like a couple hours after it happened
0: well and like the interview is so interesting i was reading the transcription and it's just so interesting right the way that he's talking about it and the way that he's I, it's just it's awkward almost to read.
1: I so I watched it like him actually talking to her. Yeah. So when I watched the interview, it was sort of interesting because it it was like he approached that interview like if you had an issue with what I did, all you had to do was say so. Like so talking about let's his just, teammates. Hang
0: on, let's just break that down real quick. Imagine that you're one of Jimmy Butler's teammates, right? Um, excuse me, Mr. Butler, I don't think that was very cool. When he's in a blind rage like that, he said he was seeing red. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how that works, Jimmy Butler. (laughs) You don't just go talk to somebody when they're like that and say like, hey, I have a problem with what you just did. You wait until they calm down first and maybe no one talked to you because you were so angry. It was scary. (laughs)
1: No, I – and see, I like – I love that comment because – even though he's like yeah they could have just come up and said they had an issue i or they had an issue with what i did and i would have been like okay yeah probably you're probably right bullshit jimmy no, butler no no chance you would no have you freaked out yeah. and just berated them that would not have been the time to do it um but i love this yeah like i really do love this because i do think the timberwolves are a team who kind of need a little bit of a reality check I think they have okay. a good amount of talent. I think Wig- Wiggins is very talented. Yeah, Cats incredibly He's got just talented. God given talent. Right. Yeah. Point. I mean, they all their starters do for the most part, and yeah. um, or they all do for the most part. And I think they could be a lot better. Yeah. And I think if Wiggins would step up, and sometimes like I don't I don't know if you've ever watched the T Wolves play. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. But like, it just sometimes, especially with Wiggins, it just doesn't look like he has any fire no emotion to be there no fire no just energy like he's sort of going through the motions and hanging 18 points and is like all right i guess that's good enough
0: see it's interesting because some people including myself like i've looked at that and i've honestly just looked at that as somebody who is like a professional just here to do business not as a lack of caring but But i understand i understand how you got there that's right. just I just interpreted it differently. It's like an Alex Gordon situation so, for the Royals. Like he's not a guy who shows a whole lot of emotion. He goes like he goes to the game, he does what he needs to do, and he leaves. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how i viewed Wiggins for a while.
1: But I and I, I just sort of think I my issue is I think Wiggins is better than fifteen to eighteen points a night. Yeah. He's got I think that's way fair. more talent completely to be better than that. And I think if he elevates his game, the T-Wolves are in a completely different position in the Western Conference.
0: I think that's also fair to say.
1: I think they're a lot more competitive. I don't think they get blown out by teams. I think they are, you know, fighting for not that first spot. Mm-hmm. That's not happening. Not the second spot either. Yeah. But I could see them fighting for that three or four spot. Yeah. Instead of being, like, borderline and almost out of the playoffs.
0: Yeah, no, that's reasonable.
1: But that is I, – I love this move. I think it's a great move so by then- Jimmy Butler.
0: Can I ask how you feel about him calling a players meeting and saying that, you know, his problem was only with the management?
1: Sure. Uh, well, I think – so I think after you come out and just light up your teammates like that, like not even not even just verbally, but like physically, you go out on the court and you just light them up. Yeah. Like you're not going to come out and just be like
0: – Oh, it's nothing personal.
1: It's You're not going to come out and go, my teammates – you know, we need to have a team meeting because they're trash, which yeah. is basically what you said by kicking their ass with the bench players. Sure. So you're not just going to come out and restate that practice was canceled. It's a perfect time to just have a team meeting and have it under the illusion of being upset with management, even yeah. though we know that's not the case. Yeah. It was I mean, a there's player's no way. It was a player's only meeting. Yeah. The, it, this is locker room issues that he wants to sort out that they want to sort out with him. And I don't have an issue with that. And I don't have an issue with them not just being upfront and telling everybody that it was because of that. Yeah. But no, it's absolutely not due to management.
0: Well, in that interview, didn't he say that he doesn't feel like it can get fixed? He said, like, you know, he wants the situation to be solved, but he doesn't really think that it can be.
1: Right. And I think he legitimately believes that. But and I don't know how much. This player's meeting that took place, uh, I'm assuming a few hours ago. Yeah. I'm not sure how much it's going to do to resolve the situation. If anything, it could do a lot. It could do nothing.
0: The it fact make of the matter worse. is.
1: Maybe. I don't know that it necessarily will because I see him as someone who got everything off of his chest, all the really aggressive stuff, and now just needs to talk to the Well, right, from him.
0: But imagine that you're one of his teammates and sure. you've been reamed by this guy now at a player's meeting. And you got blown up at practice. How yeah. are you feeling? Not great. No. Not like you want to be Jimmy Butler's best friend. No, I get so it. So I'm worried that this could exacerbate. <laughs> exacerbate? Yep. There was, you go. <laughs> that's the word. Yep. I'm <laughs> worried that this will make it worse. <laughs> and sure. that these guys are now going to have more locker room issues than they already did.
1: Yeah. I. It'll be interesting. Obviously, we don't know anything. Yeah. We don't know the details of the meeting. We don't know what's going on right now it's gonna be really going interesting on.
0: to see how this plays out
1: all we're able to do is wait yeah and so i'm i'm very excited we'll definitely keep you guys posted on what comes out of this situation um because this is definitely one of the more interesting dramas that's going on yeah in sports right now on a lighter note let's talk about jr smith jr swish sure the king <laughs> oh, um man he got this is Older news, yeah, a little bit, but it's still funny and makes me laugh. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about.
0: Well, and when pretty much the only thing that's happening in the NBA right now is preseason, you got to talk about some <laughs> some good old J.R. Smith drama.
1: Exactly. He got a leg tattoo, mm-hmm. a supreme leg tattoo, and the league stated, um, the league stated that they're gonna fine him for it mm-hmm. if he doesn't cover it up. Which is just amazing. I mean Jr is yeah. pissed about it. Yeah. Of course obviously. He is. Of course he is. He doesn't want to have to wear like a leg sleeve that covers up his brand new awesome tattoo.
0: I mean he could just throw on some foundation and call it good.
1: That seems like <laughs> a very you solution to this problem. That's
0: not a very me solution to
1: this problem. I would love I would love you to I don't know how this would ever happen, but I would love you to approach J.R. Smith And just be like, Mr. Smith, all you have to do is put foundation over it and you'll be fine. Yeah, coming
0: from a girl who literally never wears foundation or pretty much any makeup at all. Sure. I feel like that would be a very weird conversation.
1: Frankly, I know nothing about any of that. Yeah. So I'm the wrong person to talk to. Yeah. I'm sure one of our guests in this room could talk to you about foundation. but
0: Because she actually (laughs) is a girl. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Has it together.
1: (laughs) Instead of that, though. Let's go to the NHL real quick. Okay. You know, I'm super excited that it's hockey season right now, Uh huh. but the Nashville Predators did one of the cringiest things that yeah, I have did. seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, just – they put up this Western Conference regular season champions banner mm-hmm. that I hate. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is – this for me, this is up there with teams putting banners up for – getting into the ncaa tournament power five teams i'm gonna specify there okay. when power five teams are like we made it to the tournament great who cares <laughs> like but they put up this banner they held held this big ceremony for it i get you at a great season and like maybe i'm just spoiled when it comes to hockey teams being a red wings fan and like the extended period of success they had like basically up until the last few years i'd never ever seen them put up something like that yeah they just don't they had a record they had an amazing year where we went into the first round of the playoffs we dominated the regular season you know go into the first round of playoffs and lose to the edmonton oilers who wound up then going to the stanley cup mm-hmm. next season we didn't put up you know in eastern conference or western conference sorry uh champion regular season champions banner yeah that doesn't even make sense yeah <laughs> Why would you do that? It's it's not, you didn't win the cup. You didn't do anything that spectacular. You had a good regular season and then you lost in the playoffs. Sure. So this is up there just with, for me, participation trophies.
0: You know what I think is even cringier than that though? Uh huh. Gritty. Oh, (laughs) God. Yeah. Terrible mascot. The terrible mascot. If you have not seen Gritty, pause and look it up. Pause, look it up, and then rejoin us because. Yeah it's the stuff of nightmares
1: absolutely 100 percent. he is something straight out of a horror movie there's no doubt in my mind about that it is i so the clippers mascot i don't know if you've ever seen that Mm -hmm. it is terrible and i thought like that is just i'm like this is a terrible mascot looks bad just all around doesn't really make sense
0: but see i feel like uh like the phillies mascot is, like, sort of the same way, like, looks super weird. Sure. But he's kind of endearing, at least. This but thing at least is just weird. when
1: children see him, they're not going to cry. <laughs> like, at least when a kid sees the Phillies mascot, they're not <laughs> screaming and crying and producing nightmares that they're going to have and wake up their parents with. That's the only thing that really bothers me about Gritty. Maybe we'll make him the cover for this episode.
0: Oh, let's do it. Like,
1: please. I I just.
0: That should be our title, too. <laughs>
1: I, it's just so bad yeah uh, terrible and
0: i feel like it's not like the baseline for a good mascot is like you were saying just don't be scary right <laughs> and the fact that we haven't even passed that is pretty embarrassing
1: well let's be honest mascots are there for the kids yeah they're there for the kids enjoyment i think we could all agree on that yeah they're no adult is going to the game going i really hope i can see the mascot today oh man Gotta get a is, picture. is is mr met going to be there cuz if no if not it's a no go for me <laughs>
0: you just look at the crowd you just see this like middle-aged woman with her arms crossed just like we're leaving
1: yeah box <laughs> tickets but mr met's not going to be there no thanks yeah this <laughs> like, is over i've that's they're there for the kids for them to take photos with the mascot have a good experience it's fun whatever this is terrible yeah. and the per- whoever they hired i've seen a few photos and videos of gritty trying yeah. to move around in the ice <laughs> i don't think they hired someone that knows how to skate <laughs> like
0: so now not only is your mascot scary but he can't do the one thing that hockey players have to do
1: he he can't get on the ice and, and like do i, I j- he can't skate yeah I, there's no other <laughs> way for me to say it i've seen two videos of him just wiping out on the ice and both I'm just like, oh God, this yeah. that sucks.
0: So basically, it's not going well. <laughs> no. It was a poor
1: the Philadelphia Flyers, their organization, this was a poor choice. Yeah. And one that I I think had they not gotten so much PR from, yeah. I think it's one they would have regretted.
0: That's probably true.
1: But uh <laughs> I I just I'm I just looked at a photo of him and it's <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. It's it is It's the
0: worst thing ever.
1: I'm going to turn my laptop around. And you can see what I'm staring at.
0: Oh no. Yeah. It's just scary.
1: It just that's scary. That's the cover photo. Terrible and horrible.
0: Just for context, that's the cover photo.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I hope not. I don't think anybody would click <laughs> on it and listen if this was the cover photo.
0: You just get this audience of like people that are super into scary movies. And they're like, this is not this is not what we signed up for.
1: Right. No. Uh, with that being said, we are going to quickly, quickly hop into a break. And then when we come back, we're going to close out the episode talking about a little bit of college football and maybe the dumbest argument I've ever heard for athletes not getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us. You're listening to the Easy Sports Podcast. Come fly with me. Let's float down. Welcome back. Thank you again for sticking with us and joining us today on the Easy Sports Podcast. Uh, we're going to hop into college football. We don't have a whole lot to talk about. Yeah, I feel like it's this, getting pretty
0: redundant at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, we can't talk about Nebraska and how terrible they are again.
0: We can't talk about Alabama and how good they are again.
1: No, so we're just going to talk about game day, the game that I am most excited for this week, number 12, Michigan, number 15, Wisconsin at the big house under the lights on ABC that game. I kind of hope it's a blowout. I kind of hope Michigan just comes out and kills them.
0: Oh, really? You don't want Michigan to lose?
1: No, believe it or not. I would not <laughs> like to see Michigan <laughs> lose this surprising. game. I know it's, it's sort of a weird and foreign concept. I understand <laughs> that, but um, no, I, I don't want to see them lose. I'd love to see, cause I know if this is a close game, mm-hmm. I won't sit down for the entire thing, mm-hmm. which they, they, Frankly, they could be up by 21. I still won't sit down. I'll just be like, they—they they could blow it. There, there are two kick returns for a touchdown, and then an onside kick away from losing this game. So and could you're be like saying
0: that how I felt in the Red Sox Yankees game was normal?
1: Yes, absolutely. Look
0: at that! I think I finally get some support from my co-host. I what? I, what a foreign
1: concept. <laughs> yeah. What if? Yeah. You know what? Let's not get you too used to this. Um, no, I I totally understand because I get the same way like when the Red Wings were in the playoffs mm-hmm. and I would not sit down for the, the entire game. Yeah. When they were in the Stanley Cup finals, I don't think I sat down for that entire series. <laughs> <laughs> I like just paced in between games like just was like it could we could lose. It's like they're not playing right now. <laughs> we could still lose. I don't know how it would happen, but we could lose. Bump up the game would like our guys wouldn't be ready, it'd be horrible. Um
0: there's some kids playing outside and they're like, "Gosh, Zach is like He's really stressed. He's just walking around the neighborhood. Yeah. He's on lap like 50.
1: Yeah, like or like when Kansas is in the elite in the tournament. Oh yeah. For the most part, I don't sit during those games. Yeah. I think the only game so that I sat down for this year or could sit down for was the round of 64 game, and I wound up standing up because <laughs> the game got like Penn got too close and I was like, "Oh no." Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like some somehow me standing up will prove to the team that this is an important game because they definitely know <laughs> that I am supporting them in this way. Yeah. But this game's going to be awesome. For sure. Having been to the big house and being in that atmosphere, it is definitely one of the best college atmospheres. Oh, I in think that would be so fun to go. I'd love to go. Yeah, I because you know last year I went to Michigan, Ohio State there. Yeah. And that That's got to be crazy. That was just. <laughs> that's an insane environment they started tailgating like people were in their spots ready to like just lined up to park for tailgating at 4 30 in the morning good lord like i'm sure there are people out there before them but that was when we got up because we're like yeah we should try to get up early and get a good spot there were still lines of cars like it, w- it was i w- i can't say i'm surprised because it is the big house that is michigan who is one of the most historical programs in all of college football huge alumni base very big school very good school um so now dragging wisconsin into that mix and having a game under the lights that's going to be a crazy environment in ann arbor one that i definitely wish i could be a part of um but yeah i'm excited i think michigan wins this game their favorite their surprising favorite the 74%
0: yeah, that's surprising to me as well. Yeah,
1: that was... Because
0: I think Michigan's going to win, but I didn't expect everyone to think Michigan's going to win.
1: <laughs> no, and I almost hate the fact that I'm going into this game with the mindset that, yeah, they can definitely win. Yeah. Because I did that when they played Notre Dame at the beginning of the year, and yeah, that turned out awesome. That was so much fun.
0: Especially since Notre Dame is just such a likable team. So, yeah, such a likable
1: program. I just love everything about that. Yeah. (sighs) No. So
0: that was an easy loss.
1: Yeah, I took that really well, especially when we (laughs) couldn't generate any offense whatsoever. And we got Shea Patterson, who was supposed to be the savior to the team, and just did nothing in that game. Yeah, I
0: remember seeing you, like, the day after, and I just remember thinking, don't talk about it. No. And I was like, hey, Zach, how are classes? <laughs> Avoiding this. Bullshit. Broadcast. I don't want to
1: be in school. Like, <laughs> walks out. Like, just, yeah, it was, that was in, like, you know, we go to Kansas. So having, I mean, cheering for Kansas football is fine. <laughs> it's its own little it's adventure. at best. <laughs> yeah. So having a team, you know, growing up around that Detroit area and having a team that I can cheer for that, you know, is going to break my heart not at, the very beginning of the season. Yeah. Again. So we're gonna wait team. a few weeks. Right, we'll wait a few weeks, <laughs> get high up in the rankings, and then pull your heart out. Which oh, is yeah. almost worse. Um but speaking of college sports, let's talk about an argument that I got into today with someone, which is paying players to pay or play.
0: This is really interesting to me. Because okay. I feel like both sides of this argument make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I honestly am not really entirely sure how i feel about it because what you were saying earlier made a whole lot of sense
1: right so like my my whole logic i absolutely think they should be paid Mm -hmm. i think it's ridiculous that they're not Mm -hmm. they contribute more money these programs don't operate without them at the helm yeah of course not like they don't the coaches, like yeah you need a great coach to lead these teams but they're not the ones making the plays in the game risking their bodies putting themselves on the line the average student athlete right now at a normal program is averaging a 40hour work week yeah thats just not surprising with their sport like I can't I mean I bet you at programs like like here at Kansas for basketball or oh, at Alabama insane. for football or Michigan for football or Notre Dame or any of those schools where they're competing on that elite level that that's got to be more than 40 hours a week
0: well, and just as somebody who is a student with a part-time job mm-hmm. and how stressed out I am, like, I could not imagine being a student and having, it's pretty much a job, and having to deal with everything they have to deal with, all the practices, and then all the pressure that fans put on them, that media puts on them, that can't be easy.
1: No, and I think, here, here's my issue. Because they contribute so much to the schools. I've read some ridiculous number. Like Alabama made the university $257 million or something like that. Yeah. Which is stupid money. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy money to sit there and go, yeah, these guys, like, don't deserve anything. And the argument that the, uh, uh, the girl that I was talking to today presented to me was their scholarship is their payment. And I absolutely hate that argument yeah you like cannot stand it i think it it's a terrible argument because i i told her i said like does your family like work and she said yeah and i said like does your mom and dad work just your dad just your mom like what's the situation she goes my both my parents work and i said okay so if i took away your parents salaries and then i get awarded them scholarships and sent them back to school for free but now they don't have any money to feed you guys to help you pay for your tuition or i don't know what the circumstance is but to support your family in any way that they had been previously are you still gonna say that that scholarship is their payment
0: well that's kind of a false equivalency though because you can't equate
1: oh big words okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) you can't equate a student athlete with somebody who is supporting their family and has a full-time job
1: can you not though because like, no. some of these some of these guys are coming from situations where they are choo- quite literally choosing. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys have kids like yeah. they have their own families yeah yeah who are and in I very do... bad situations yeah where and they I have to choose understand that you know they are capable of working some like they are in a situation where the opportunity cost of them going to play football they don't know if it's worth it because it doesn't reward anything for their family. So let's put it this way. If a a guy is a kid and he signs, we'll say, we'll use Bama. Okay. If a guy is a kid and he signs with Bama and, like, his family is in a poor situation and he's trying to figure out, okay, if I worked full time, if I didn't play, like, you know, I could make some money for my family. I could help them out. I could make sure that they always have food and, like, keep shelter, whatever. Now you're taking away the potential for that income. Right and you're risking it in a sport where you could be paralyzed from the neck down like that.
0: Yes, and I understand what you're saying, but don't you think that if players were given like salaries that would make I'm trying to think of how to word this, like it would be less competitive.
1: No. No, and Because here, it, would,
0: it wouldn't be like the the idea right now, and I realize that this isn't necessarily the case, is that we kind of have an even playing field, you know, where you're not supposed to be getting these, um, you're not supposed to be getting money or gifts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's really just up to which program is the best fit and those kind of things. But
1: see, it's not an even playing field.
0: I know, but Go- that's... Going on a
1: visit to a Michigan or an Alabama is not the same as going on a visit to dominion
0: yeah well right like I know, or even
1: even we'll keep it in the power five going on a visit to alabama is not the same as going on a visit to mississippi state yeah there are differences
0: no i i know that there's differences but it's that if you have a school that has that much more money i don't i don't know what i'm trying to say the big
1: schools are always going to be successful i know i understand like the balance argument and like oh it would take away the competitive nature of the ncaa but it doesn't because the schools that are going to be great the big schools that have the resources, that have the financial – look at the top five in the NCAA mm-hmm. right now for football. Who it's We've got schools like Georgia, mm-hmm. big school, lot of money. Clemson, another big school, a lot of money. Alabama, same situation. You have Ohio State up there, same situation. Right. Those are big schools with endless resources, plenty of donors, the best facilities that you can imagine – and that's what makes them, on top of the amazing coaching staff and the great fans, that's what makes them such a hotbed for recruits. So the schools that are going to be great are going to be great regardless of whether we play pay players or not.
0: Listen, I'm going to be real honest with you right now. You might be changing my mind because it does make sense. But I just I, – I, yeah, I mean it makes a whole lot of sense, but it's just that whole thing of should – should student athletes be paid as like a moral thing, not a business standpoint of just like, you know, you're giving money to a school and you're getting something out of it. Whereas if you go to the NBA, like that kind of, you know what I'm saying? But
1: it, but here, here's the other thing, too. If I'm a st- regular student, mm-hmm. I can go work a part time job. Right. Like I can go work a job and make money while I'm in school. They don't yeah. have that opportunity to do that. Yeah. They, there is no chance for them to go and make any sort of money, and take care of themselves or like kick back to their families in the way that they need to. Yeah. And back to the balance argument. Let Let's put you in the shoes of recruit real quick. If uh, you were the top basketball recruit in the country. And, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing this for a right, second. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're now <laughs> seven one and <laughs> just ha- you're an amazing athlete. Um.
0: This is a complete lifestyle change.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But you're the top basketball recruit in the country. Okay. And Duke comes comes and knocks on your door. Bye. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You're not a Duke fan. All right. Kansas. Kansas comes and knocks on your door. No, we're talking. Sure. Or like St. Mary's.
0: I know what you mean. Do, do, you, under, really do you understand what, you what
1: I'm mean. saying? Like, yes. And like
0: I said, you're really changing my mind. Or like <laughs>
1: even even Kansas and like Iowa.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're going to go with Kansas.
1: Kansas and Texas Tech. You're the top recruit in the country. You're probably not. Unless you're from that area or you grew up loving that school. I know that happens with recruits every once in a while. Like yeah. Trey Young grew up around Norman, Oklahoma. So he went to Oklahoma. Makes mm-hmm. sense.
0: Who was that guy last year who chose like Illinois? Or somebody that
1: was, um, oh. which
0: Illinois is still great. I was just very surprised.
1: But I mean, but if I gave you the choice of Illinois or Kansas,
0: I mean, I'm still going with Kansas.
1: If I gave you, even if I took Kansas out of it, because I know we go go to yeah. school here. If I gave you the choice of Illinois or UNC,
0: you're gonna go to UNC.
1: Exactly. The I really
0: school. do see what you mean. I promise. Right,
1: and so I think it's ridiculous to have these these guys make the university so much money. Yeah. And they they make the NCAA so much money. I think well, how much money does March Madness pull in? Billions. Uh, yeah, it's got to be every single year. Yeah. A- and they get nothing. Oh no no no! But they get the opportunity to play in front of fans, and they, we'll give them a track suit and some headphones. Okay, well.
0: Well, when you put it like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, so I don't know. It's it's one of those things I've always had an issue with. I I just. I can't think of it any other way. Yeah. And and like, he, shit, that's even if limited I think
0: that's it. partially your business mindset, though. And right. it does make a lot of sense.
1: Right. It, but even you could cap the pay mm-hmm. to a certain level. But give these guys something. Yeah. I mean, come on. It is ridiculous. But I've gone on for far too long about <laughs> that. Um, with that being said, I think this is a great place to end the show. Yeah. Sounds um, good to me. Thank you, you two, for joining us and <laughs> watching us do this live. Our silent live. audience. Yeah, our silent audience who, you know, um, I think they enjoyed the show. So I hope so. Yeah. They, th- we got a thumbs up. So oh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. That, I'll take um, that any day of the week. But, yeah, we will be back again. Um, I promise, promise, promise we are working on getting the show on iTunes. We're figuring it out. And Spotify. It was a little more complicated than we thought it it was going to be. Once Um,
0: again, we're professionals. We know exactly what we're doing. But yeah, no, seriously, please bear with us. Like we're going to get it sorted out soon.
1: Yeah. So with that that being said, um, thank you so, so much for joining us. And we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye.